You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, let's hop right back into this because I want to wrap this up for sure today and move on to the World Government Summit, something that's very important. They call us conspiracy theorists, all of us that talk about a new world order for the last 20 years, and they've got the elites sitting right up there on the stage saying, are we ready for a new world order? That's actually the name of the conference panel discussion. Are we ready for a new world order? All right, folks, let's continue here with Vera Songwe. Uh, she is wrapping up, ladies and gentlemen, the United Nations Africa Council over there trying to push CBDC on the indigenous people of Africa. So let's go back. I think she's going to jump over to Kathy at Bloomberg. You've been shaking your head adamantly, Governor Orgio, on, on Vera's comments. So when it comes to this aspect of how you make it just tight enough to keep everybody on the straight and narrow and just loose enough to, again, let people in the door, what is your what is your view so far again as you and your team are working very hard to get a, a specific outline design plan out for a cbdc potentially by the end of the year okay so she's jumping back over to perry wargeo and i told you guys he is the head the deputy governor of the bank of indonesia uh, and now the governor of the Bank of Indonesia. So he's the top guy with Indonesia's central bank. And they are currently rolling out CBDC uh, using a QR code system uh, that you have the QR code on your smartphone. This guy was also executive director of the International Monetary Fund. And in case you weren't with us yesterday in episode 111, I suggest you listen to it because there's a lot of really important intelligence in there if you want to understand this whole system and what's coming. But this guy has a very thick accent, pretty hard to understand, so I will stop and break it down when appropriate. Let's continue. There is the choice of design of CBDC. Of course, like Mr. Bolis says, public partnership. CBDC issued by Central Bank. But how to issue, there's two ways whether wholesaler, which is central bank, will choose big players, national payment industries, and issue to them, and then they will issue to the retail. Okay, okay, let's pause there for a second, because this is important, because they're actually building it. Indonesia is really far ahead with this stuff. So he just said you have the wholesale industry, you have the retail industry. We went over this in past shows. But wholesale is basically the commercial banks, the regulated non-banks, dealing directly with the central bank, right? That's wholesale. The money transfers between the central banks and then these uh, commercial banks, the so-called private sector banks. And then you have retail. And retail is going to be the so-called commercial banks dealing with the manufacturers, the distributors, the wholesalers, the suppliers, the retailers, all the way down to us, the consumers. All right, so that's what he's talking about. And then he brings back up public-private partnership, which they've stressed a lot in this conference. We know all about it. Public-private partnership, unbelievable. One of the great things. We love the public. We love the public. 
We love the privates. We all love privates. We have privates. Whether you're a man, you're a woman, non-binary, anything in between, you have privates. So we all love privates. Love the private places. Love the safe spaces. We love it all, ladies and gentlemen, believe me. So you all know what the public-private partnership is. It's a scam operation. That is the main focus of the World Economic Forum, is the Chamber of Commerce bringing the so-called public and so-called private sectors together. So that's what he's talking about. And he said, the central banks will create the CBDC. So these are digital tokens. They mean nothing. It's the same thing as them turning on a printing press and printing fiat currency, money, paper money, or minting coins, metal coins. And so they're going to print these digital tokens and then they're going to hand them out the central bank will hand them down to the commercial banks the so-called private sector and they will distribute them to the manufacturers the suppliers the distributors the retailers the wholesalers and you and me the uh, consumers all right let's continue that's what we call it the sign one wholesaler or center bank issue digital currency and just let everybody go retail Okay, so he said, design one, the central bank of Indonesia will mint the CBDC digital tokens, distribute them out through the wholesale market, and then the wholesale market will push them out to the retailers. Let's continue. There is retail CBDC. There is plus minus and what the country have. Most countries, they already have national payment system, industries, then usually central bank only go to the wholesaler. This wholesaler that will di- distribute the retailer. This is public partnership. Right, so he's saying in the current system, the central bank distributes the money to the wholesalers who then deals with the retailers, and that is a public-private partnership. Let's continue. But many countries do not have a national payment system industry. Usually those countries that do, uh, you know, the digitalization based on the telecommunication base, that they will go directly to the retail. So this is two ways to do CBDC. Okay, so he's saying some countries do not have a national payment system industry. So therefore, the central banks will go directly to the retailers. Let's continue. So by central bank, then you choose wholesaler. Or you want to just do the retail, depending of the the, the country. Two, three aspects that need to be confronted. Okay, so now he's saying, based on, and this is what Wide Awake Jim will talk uh, uh, talk about in part, based on different countries with different cultures, different economies, different systems, there's going to be uh, issues with that. That's what Wide Awake Jim says. Well, Jerry addresses it right here, is that you can have the system where the central bank gives the CBDC to the wholesalers, the wholesalers push it out to the retailers, and then it gets into the hands of everyone. You could have the central banks just pushing it out directly to the retailers, or you could have the central banks pushing it out to the wholesalers and the retailers. There's three different models. Let's continue. One, the design, the proper design, where Indonesia will choose wholesaler. Will go. Many countries choose wholesaler, but some of them retailer, proper design. Second, of course, 
So he said the proper design. So you have to choose that which model you're going to go with. Let's continue. The connectivity, interconnectivity, interoperability, interintegration of the payment system infrastructure and financial market. This is the requirement. Because otherwise you cannot distribute it, digital rupiah or digital country if the payment system and money market is not integrated. Right. So he's talking about integrating all of the various uh, pieces that make up a country's financial industry. You have to integrate that. It has to be interoperable. And so he's talking about the design of the system and the technology. It's technology platform. This is where BIS, working closely, also in the Asia, there's a number of platform technology. In Asia, there is working on the Embridge. And then there is Project Dunbar and other project of the BIS and so on. Platform, the correct platform, which is actually the central bank and BIS working closely. What is the proper design? And this Okay, so he's talking about the Bank for International Settlements, which is the bank for the central banks, working with the central banks to develop the appropriate system. He also mentioned Embridge, which he said Indonesia is using, and Embridge is this cross-border system built by Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, and that was actually designed by Consensus, the company I told you that is building on top of Ethereum, whose founder uh, of Consensus was the co-founder of Ethereum, along with Vitalik Buterin that Peter Thiel funded to actually create Ethereum. I know, it's getting complicated, but luckily, when I'm on a topic, folks, my brain connects all these different dots from all these different sources. You're never going to find... I love what people say to me, and I try to explain this to them, uh, people in my family or friends or whatever. Okay, you're saying all this. Well, where's the source? The source is the dust and gold standard because I had to, as you see, let's just talk about central bank digital currency, UBI, smart contracts, all this. In the last uh, 13, 14 episodes we've been covering this, how many different sources did I have to review and analyze for you to put all this together? A hundred? 90 80 something like that between articles white papers websites videos speeches panel discussions uh, wikipedia articles references to books so we're putting it all together there is no other place you're not going to go find alex jones writing an article at Infowars uh, about this it's us right here at the dust and gold standard that are putting all this together we're absorbing as much information as possible to then be able to tell the whole picture if we were writing a book about this this is the type of research we would do on this and then we'd write the book now people read the book and you have 500 references in the back of the book they wouldn't say to you then well what's your reference what do you mean where'd you get all this the 500 references in the back of the book what do you think i read another book and then copied the book to write my book no this is the research that we're doing folks so we're putting all these pieces together let's continue it's also important this platform because then every country when issues domestic cbdc will also go go cross-border and this is this is important and last but not 
Okay, so that was important because he's saying this is why individual countries, obviously, they're running this out of the central banks. There's, what, 190 central banks, 190 countries with central banks. As long as they're working in cooperation with the Bank for International Settlements, International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank, then it's all going to work together and they can have cross-border um, CBDC because it's all being built on the same system. This is all being plugged into the algorithms that are going to run this. It's all being done ahead of time. This is why they're really pressing on the design. And so when you look at this company consensus, what they're doing in part is they are targeting certain countries that have certain financial infrastructure. So say the financial infrastructure of the United States is different than the financial infrastructure of, say, Uganda. So consensus is going and partnering with companies like Visa, because Visa is in 80 million merchant shops, and God only knows how many people walk around with a credit or debit card that say Visa on it, or a prepaid credit card. Right, So they partner with one of these so-called private sector companies like Visa to utilize their infrastructure, and this is how they're going to distribute the CBDC across the entire retail sector. But if the main hub is all built by the Bank for International Settlements, it all ties in together, and now you can have trade between, say, the United States and Uganda with no problems. This is what they talk about when they're saying that it's interoperable. All right. So just absorb this stuff, folks. I know it's difficult listening to Jerry with the accent, but he drops a lot of very important intelligence. You just have to be able to kind of take in what he says and then put it into layman's terms, which I watched this three or four times and took notes on it uh, because I knew he was going to be difficult to understand and I wasn't going to be able to try to interpret what he's saying in real time. So don't worry, folks, we're going to break it down. We have about 10 minutes left of this panel discussion. I'll be right back. This is Dust and Gold with the Dust and Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, I'm going to go right back over here to Jerry. Old Jerry here, the head of the Indonesian Central Bank, folks. Jerry Wargiro. Oh, I, I didn't want to start playing that while the music was uh, fading out, folks, because I know it is difficult. All right, let's continue here. CBDC is always digitalized platform technology. At the end of the day, central bank and regulator must work together. What is the exchange rate arrangement? What is the proper you know, uh, capital flows management? What is also the cyber security? This is where the IMF play the role of global policy on exchange rate arrangement on also capital flows management and as well as also operational risk and such. This is the route to go to the CBDC that we work closely 
under Indonesia Presidency with the IMF, thank you IMF, with the BIS, you know, we are working uh, closely on, on that aspect. This is where actually the route to go. In the meantime, just do financial inclusion through digitalization of the payment system, introduce QR, okay. doing the fast payment, cheap, financial literacy, empower the woman, okay. empower the SME. This is what we are doing. Okay, okay. So at the end there, he spills out, right, in his broken English, he's got to spill out all the taglines, right? So he's talking about the different design elements and options, working with the Bank for International Settlements, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, being partners with the so-called private sector, commercial banks, and regulated non-banks. But then he starts spitting out all the bumper sticker slogans. Financial inclusion through digitization of money uh inclusion include women women empowerment uh you know and he starts just spilling out all the different bumper sticker slogans that we hear time and time again and so kathy over here from bloomberg kind of keeps pushing them she obviously is i don't know personally but the character she plays is in favor of central bank digital currency and she's trying to push them into how we're really gonna how we're gonna force this down the throats of the so-called private sector banks and then all of the consumers and these guys are all on the same page uh whether you're listening to panel discussions from the world economic forum the united nations the imf bis all on the same page all working off of the same bumper sticker slogans right and so that's what he did he just vomited out all of the bumper stickers right there on stage let's continue I know, Cecilia, you want to jump in. Yeah, no, so Perry, I think you, you outlined kind of uh, the variety of, of, uh, of, of uh, paths that, central, that, that the countries can take. And, and uh, that, is, uh, that is sobering. Uh, we, we will not find a solution that fits all. Uh okay, this is important because this is Cece. Oh, Cecilia Skingsley, and she is the head of the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub that is running the Embridge project of which Jerry was just talking about that Indonesia is using, and we keep hearing about Hong Kong being involved with these cross-border tests. And so she just gave Jerry a pat on the back where he mentioned the three different models uh, for CBDC that we just discussed in the last segment. And she's saying that's sobering because we do have to come, they have to come to terms with the fact that there's no one-size-fits-all solution. But as I was explaining to Wide Awake Jim, and now he's been going through all the documents with a fine-tooth comb, so he's going to come on here soon and break all that down for us, is that, in my opinion, based on everything I reviewed from the technology side, and now we're looking at the central bankers, these economic terrorist mafia bosses, uh, talking who are overseeing the technological side of this, talking about how they're going to do it. And so I mentioned to Wide Awake Jim, I don't think they have to roll this all out as one giant system. They're going to piecemeal it together. And I think that's what you're seeing coming out of this conference. They know they're going to do that. It doesn't even seem like it's a hurdle to them. That's just part of their business plan. All right, let's continue. Uh, we will not end up on, on, uh, on, on platforms that we all agree on because we have to be realistic. Not all countries of the world is prepared to play well with all other countries in the world. Mm -hmm. So there will be different solutions uh, and uh, there will be different levels of of, of con connectivity. Um, it, it's, it's fun to talk, listen to, to some of you. Uh, you're talking about problems, and I'm 
I'm, I'm immediately thinking about, yeah, we have a project about, for example, offline payments. Um, and we have the issues around correspondent banking, there is AML, uh, 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 kind of the, the monitoring of that has, has caused a lot of friction. Yeah, we have a we have a we have a, a, a technical project about that. But my bottom line here is that technolo technology can take us a great deal of the way, uh, but it's never the only. Uh, you need more. So I think in the years to come, as as me and my team and, and others who are kind of inventing and, and innovating, showcase what could be done. Uh, it's up to regulators and it's up to executive powers in countries to decide what, what should be done. Mm -hmm. And here, uh, that is the hard work. Uh, and, and I really hope that uh, we could sort of can have a, be a little bit of give and take and there might be some short term cost for, for long term benefits in the same way as I think it could be short term costs but also long term benefits for the private sector getting into uh, a new equilibrium in this area. Okay, okay. Very important what she just said there. Again, she's head of the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, heading up the technology that is driving all of the cross-border interoperability between various countries' central bank digital currency. And so she is taking this uh, somewhat seemingly very uh, sort of... Uh, realistic approach to this saying that certain countries might not want to play ball but we have to come in and we're going to offer the solutions but at the end of the day the puppet government officials in the various countries as i've told you we live in a technocracy pretty much a worldwide technocracy uh some would call it a quasi technocracy where there's still the illusion of a representative government here in the United States, the illusion of a parliamentary system in various European countries and such, right? So what she's saying is, yes, the policymakers at the governmental level who have to answer to the citizens have to make some decisions and then we're going to come in and we'll take care of the technology and we'll connect them up to the right system. And we have all these different test pilots and projects and such going on. Uh, so she's taking sort of this reasoned, uh, very realistic approach to the situation. But they're moving it forward. No one seems to be really concerned with this. All right. With pushback, you know, with pushback. They're going to get it done. They're the central bankers. They've got a central bank in almost every country. They control the monetary system. And now it's just a matter of pushing people into the system of which she talked about yesterday pushing people into the system i compared it to pushing you onto a cattle car and driving you into auschwitz concentration camp all right let's continue so but we have to get the imf perspective in here okay you know what what can be done what imf can do and what they're hoping others will do what's what's the what's the plan well we uh Okay, so now we're back to Bo Lee. He's the Deputy Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund. This is the guy who already admitted that the CBDC money will be programmable and that it will be trackable and that they are going to package your data, sell it to the private sector to allow them to run real-time credit scores on you. Let's continue. Uh, we just adopted a, a digital uh, uh, currency strategy last year by our board. And we are doing uh, many things right now uh, in terms of uh, digital money. Uh, we are doing technical assistance with our members. Um, we are doing analytical work. We are working with uh, BIS uh, um, 
you know, on some of the um, regulatory standards for crypto assets, for example. But in particular, with respect to CBDC, um, we received a request for TA. For now, I, I want to point something out here, too, because we have been talking about crypto, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and such throughout, uh, really at the beginning of the Dust and Gold Standard. But we talked a lot about it here going back to episode 97, 98. And I pointed out to you that there is really no way that cryptocurrency was ever designed to be about freedom and liberty and breaking the banks and governments, as many people were led to believe and as many libertarians started talking about years ago. And one of the big ways you can tell, because you have to use common sense, folks. First off, Ethereum is being used as the backbone for uh, central bank digital currency in a lot of cases. All right. And the co-founder of Ethereum, Joseph Lubin, runs this company, Consensus, that is working with the central banks and the private side, the so-called private side like Visa and MasterCard, and working with the Bank for International Settlements and the IMF and ID2020, all of these organizations helping build this system. Well, you would imagine if Ethereum was designed to break the back of the uh, central banks and of the governments, right, and I already showed you the idea of decentralization is a complete and total lie because over 50% of Ethereum servers, the nodes, are located on Amazon Web Services. About another 20% are located in Microsoft and Google. So they're tied right into the technocracy. But would the co-founder of Ethereum, if he was supposed to be some libertarian small government, break the banks, break the government guy, go found a company that now has investments from SoftBank out of China and Microsoft? Microsoft, Bill Gates, uh, and then go work with the central bankers to build the central bank digital currency slavery system? No, he would not. That doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. And so what Bo Lee just said there is that they are already working on how to regulate how to regulate the crypto asset markets. Well, we see that being bandied about here in the United States. Now, how can a government, any government, uh, regulate the crypto markets if the crypto was designed to break the banks of government and uh to break the backs of government and the banks using common sense it would tell you that if it was completely free and operated on the mysterious blockchain which is a complete and total lie it's chaining you to a block that's what it's doing it allows you to be tracked in everything that you do uh, on a ledger basically pull up your digital footprint at any single time. This is the data that these guys are going to sell on you uh, to uh, assign you a real-time credit score, real-time social credit score. So you have to ask yourself, you have to use common sense. How can a government regulate something that's supposedly decentralized and can't be regulated? Well, when you sign up for your Coinbase wallet, that just happens to be the most widely known one, you have to scan your driver's license, give them your social security number, and it gets reported to the IRS. They openly tell you that. So they're working in cooperation with the government. If it was truly decentralized and designed to break the backs of government and to break the backs of the central banks, then it could not be regulated. If it can be regulated, then it is being controlled by the very state that it's so-called designed to fight. So 
it's all a lie, folks. This whole idea that crypto was ever separate from the state and the government using common sense, you can see that that's not true. Now, people will say, well, you, you can't prove that. Nobody ever admitted that. Nobody ever said it. Use common sense. How can something be regulated that supposedly operates free of the government and can't be regulated by the government? Well, if it can be regulated by the government, then it's not free from the government whatsoever. I know it's difficult to understand. It's like legal man of the podcast, The Quash. I know many of you listen to him. And as he says, uh, similar, in a similar situation, the Constitution that everyone talks about. Well, if the Constitution had the ability to limit government, then how are we in the situation we're in today? So either the Constitution created the situation we're in today or the Constitution has no power to stop the situation we're in today. So either crypto was created to help the central bankers to work along with the government or crypto doesn't have the power to actually be free of the central banks and the government. You can't have it uh, both ways, folks. That just happens to be the truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, absorb that. I know it's difficult. I'll be right back. And we'll get back to Bo Lee here at the International Monetary Fund Central Bank Digital Currencies panel discussion from October 2022. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 